back, everyone. This is The Change Log, and I'm your host, Adam Stachowiak. This is episode 142. Today, Jared and I talked to Taylor Otwell, the creator and maker of Laravel, an awesome PHP framework built for artisans. We've got some awesome sponsors for today's show, Codeship, TopTal, and Clearbit. We'll tell you a bit more about TopTal and Clearbit later in the show, but our friends at Codeship are all about continuous delivery made simple, in just a few steps, you can automatically deploy all your code when your tests are passed with CodeShip. They're based on usability, so everything is designed to be as easy to use as possible. And in fact, they recently took some feedback from their user base and redesigned their entire application to include new usability improvements that made it even easier to use. They've got great support for lots of languages and test frameworks. They integrate with GitHub and Bitbucket. You can deploy to cloud services like Heroku and AWS and many more. And you can get started today by trying out their free plan, which includes 100 builds a month and five private projects. Use our offer code, the Changelog Podcast, to get 20% discount on any plan you choose for three months. That offer code, again, is the Changelog Podcast, and you'll get 20% off any plan you choose for three months. Head to codeship.com slash the Changelog to get started. And now on to the show. All right, we're back. It is. It's a good day. It's Friday, right, Jared? That's right. It's Friday. So that means we record this show. And we've got an awesome guest today. Long time in the making, Taylor. We we had to uh reschedule once. You had you had some you had a cold or something like that. And then then we wanted to get you back on this show back in November. But Taylor Otwell's here. We're talking about Laravel, uh awesome PHP framework. So Taylor, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. And uh I I know that uh, some news for those who are probably really close to you know this, but you've recently gone full time into Laravel. I have. I recently went full time, um, starting January first. Basically, uh, I work on Laravel full time, and then also, you know, Laravel Forge, which is kind of a counterpart product, uh, supporting product to Laravel. So, yeah, it's been a blast. It's been really cool. And I guess for the listeners out there who may not know who you are, give an intro to yourself, and then uh, from there we'll go into to kind of explain what Laravel is at the deeper parts. Okay, so um, I'm, of course, Taylor. I'm, I grew up in Arkansas, and I still live in Arkansas in the central part of the United States. And uh, I've kind of always been into, you know, tech and computers since I was a kid and majored in um, IT at Arkansas Tech University. And then I actually worked in the .NET field for, um, I guess, three or four years for a, a large trucking company here in Arkansas. And that's where I kind of got my programming chops, really, and, and worked with some some really bright programmers and learned a lot. And then I got into PHP because I kind of had some side project ideas that I wanted to flesh out some businesses. And PHP is, of course, super easy to host and throw up on a server. And, and it's really great for kind of uh, rapidly hacking something like that out. So uh, that's kind of how I got into PHP, just dabbling like that and then eventually brought um, some of my ideas from .NET over and created Laravel, this this PHP web fr- web framework. Laravel is it? So when I say Laravel, should I enunciate the L at the at the end of that a bit better? I say Laravel, Laravel, just like that. What about Laravel. you, Jerry? How do you say it? I say Laravel, Laravel. So I'm the only one who's who's wrong here. <laughs> I just follow Taylor, man. Uh, all right, <laughs> I figure he gets to he all gets right. to have final you know, say on that. The audience is used to it, though, right? I mean, I'm always mispronouncing something like. Olivier Lacan, I just couldn't get that right during the show, and it's just even now <laughs> yeah. I can't enunciate it well. Months later, you you you, <laughs> you just have to mispronounce that. Months later, 
sometimes I go to tech conferences and it's like, I try to pronounce things in this weird general way so that I don't, I don't sound stupid, you know, if I'm not pronouncing it right. Right. I try to cover both bases, so to speak. And the pre-show, we talked about Sarah Goldman uh, being on the show recently talking about the PHP spec and HHVM over there at Facebook and whatnot. But on that show, we had a conversation about whether or not it was called OzCon or OSCon. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, still don't know. Yeah. Drew's still <laughs> out. We'll have to get Tim on the, on the call to, to see. We can get a, an official ruling here or something. So on Laravel's homepage, it says the PHP framework for web artisans. Uh, right. can, can you explain to us what a web artisan is? So web artisan is kind of just a fun little marketing word we use. And I think of it a lot like, um, you know, the software craftsmanship type of movement. So it's, it's really supposed to mean the same thing. Um, it's, Laravel is built for people. It's built with a lot of care, I guess you could say, and we really sweat the details in terms of how easy it is to use, what the API looks like. Uh, we try to make the documentation really good, try to put a lot of care and kind of handcraftedness into the product. So uh, it's not supposed to be like elitist or it's only for really good programmers or whatever. It's more just saying, hey, we really care about good code. If you care about that kind of thing too, maybe you'll like Laravel. So uh, that's kind of the thought behind it, kind of the software craftsman slash artisan feel. You find that that has set you apart a little bit in the PHP community? I think it's, I think people, um, you know, it kind of creates this this fun community and people like to be a part of something. You know what I mean? Like to, yep. to feel like they're a part of some kind of club or, or movement or, or fun thing. And I think it has benefited to kind of have, um, those kind of marketing angles on the framework. And it, and it kind of does set it apart um, in people's minds, at least from a marketing perspective, of this cool inner circle you're a part of, of Laravel mm-hmm. developers. Yeah, I mean, also, you know, PHP is one of those languages that has such broad use and has been yeah. around for such a long time that there's a lot of really bad PHP code on the internet. You know, it's kind of like JavaScript in that way. Every language, there's bad code out there, but you know, some of them kind of <laughs> come up to the top of just having a lot of code out there that because it's so easy to get into, yeah, um, it's easy to to publish your kind of newbie code. That being said, there's a lot of PHP developers like you, like yourself, who really care about code quality, who consider themselves more craftsmen, and so I think it makes a lot of sense to have tooling specifically tailored at these people. Right. No. Uh, no pun intended, huh? Yeah, I've I've said you saw what I did past, there. I, I saw that. I like that. It's <laughs> good. I've said in the past that I feel like PHP sort of has this copy paste culture that we're we're trying to get out of. Mm-hmm. Where, like you said, there's a ton of um, there's I mean there's whole websites devoted to basically copying and pasting bits of PHP into your application, and we're we're kind of got this uh, we're, we've been playing catch up so to speak where we're trying to talk about things like good architecture, good design. And at the same time, um, I like to bring a lot of kind of the Rails flavor in of rapid application development and uh, making things very practical and pragmatic. Um, So yeah, we've been playing catch up quite a bit, but I feel like PHP has really gained a lot of ground in the past few years. How long have you been doing Laravel? I wrote Laravel, it released in June of 2011. So coming up on four years now. Wow, and how many uh, major versions has that been? 
we just released our fifth version, and they've been getting farther apart. Like the first couple of versions were really close together because we, it was almost all early adopters, you know, kind of hacker types, and we didn't really care about stuff breaking somewhat frequently. So we came out with version one, two, and three really close together, and then version four and five have been um, a little over a year and a half apart, coming up on two years apart. So they've been spreading out. Yeah, over fourteen thousand stars. Uh... 4,600 forks on GitHub. So you've definitely um, succeeded where many uh, frameworks and communities fail to, to gain a large audience. Can, mm-hmm. you, can you speak to why you think that is? Yeah, I have a few, um, a few reasons, I think, that Laravel has kind of taken off that way. And one is from the very beginning, I kind of made this promise to myself that I would never release any version of Laravel without good documentation. I just like wouldn't do it. I don't even release betas if they don't have good documentation because you, I mean, you only have so long to really capture people's attention, you know, or, and give them either like a good experience or a really frustrating experience. And in terms of frameworks, there are PHP frameworks out there that still to this day, I'm not really sure, like, how do I log someone in? Like, it's just not clear to do something that basic that almost every website needs to do. So with Laravel, I tried to have awesome documentation from day one, and then also have a really great community. So from the day we launched, I personally was in the forums, in the chat rooms, and I'm I'm still in the chat rooms a lot talking with people and really engaging the community to make it feel... um, more inclusive and tight knit and it draws people in and they feel like they're a part of something. They're a part of something that they can learn from and they can get help from others and even help others themselves. So yeah, the documentation, the community have been huge. And then that ties into things like Laracast and of course all the surrounding ecosystem of educational materials. So I guess uh, to rewind a tiny, tiny bit, bring us up to speed on exactly what Laravel is then. Okay. So Laravel is, a lot of people probably think of it as the rails of PHP. Um, that's probably the easiest way to think of it if you're not really a PHP developer. It's it's really Railsy in the sense that it has an active record ORM uh, that's, that feels very much like Rails active record. It also has, um, it's also had features um, that not many other frameworks have or that Rails just got. Like we've had queuing a queuing system for, uh, over a year now uh, with several different backends for Beanstalk and AWS and IronMQ. It has a CLI much like Rails where you can just do Laravel new blog and start a new project and you can generate migrations just like Rails and the migrations even look like Rails. So it's very, uh, very much Rails-inspired development framework for PHP. And then also mixes in a lot of unique stuff. Uh, the templating engine is called Blade and it is more inspired by .NET than, than Rails, I would say. So uh, the whole goal of it is to let's build a really productive web framework for for rapidly developing your ideas and getting them out to the world as quickly as possible and making them at the same time maintainable and testable and, you know, a joy to develop for. Tell us about Blade. Um, I know it's hard to describe code a little bit just with yeah. words, but if you can, what, what makes it unique from a typical embedded uh, templating system? So Blade is really unique because it's very, very minimal under the hood. Um, There are other templating systems for PHP like Twig, which actually convert your template into a a fairly complicated PHP class that then renders the HTML. Blade is significantly different in that it's really just 
um, a handful of regular expressions that translate your template into raw PHP, which is, you know, compiled and stored, and then it's processed as raw PHP the next time the view is needed. But it's very much um, inspired by ASP.NET MVC Razor. And in fact, that's where the blade name comes from. So you're going to see very familiar syntax where you have like, you know, at sign if or at sign for each instead of having to do, you know, bracket, question mark, PHP, all that jazz. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, it has a, a kind of template inheritance where you can define a master layout and then extend that layout for your child pages and such. You know that old saying about regular expressions, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you ran into, now I've got I've got two problems. Yeah. But. Have you run into issues uh, with that? With that? Those internals. What's the What's the What's the saying? Uh, a programmer, when tasked with a problem, thought to himself, "I know. I'll use regular expressions." Now he has two problems. <laughs> kind of the old joke. Yeah, we haven't. Thankfully, I mean, Blade is pretty simple, so we haven't really had a lot of problems there. Uh, hopefully we don't. Yeah. I, I am familiar with that warning. <laughs> well, you give it the, uh, the rails nod there, I suppose. Right. So you're on version five. You've been at this for what I think you said four years now. Is that right? Yeah. Four years. So take us back to, I guess the PHP framework landscape at that time. What were some of the problems you were trying to solve? And what yeah. were some of the early beginnings that made Laravel what it is, I guess, then and then now today? Okay. Yeah, I'll just I'll just talk really honestly about the PHP framework landscape back then because it's changed quite a bit. Uh, the big players back then in terms of frameworks um, were CodeIgniter, Kohana, and Symfony. And I would say CodeIgniter and Kohana are basically becoming irrelevant now. But the, the issue was... Um, at PHP at the time, there was really not a large framework that was simple and that embraced the newest PHP features. So CodeIgniter was simple as a framework. It was easy to use, it had great documentation, but it was like woefully out of date in terms of what PHP could do. For instance, PHP had um, anonymous functions. You know, you could um, you could pass functions around as first class citizens, and that makes for a really good routing system where you can just say route git slash home and then pass it a function that is called, you know, kind of like a Sinatra or something like that. And so we needed a really nice modern framework that embraced what PHP was and what modern PHP was. And Laravel, I really think Laravel was at the right place at the right time in that sense, in that um, I was able to come in right when PHP had these great features. These other frameworks were kind of getting dated and old and the newcomers were were ignoring things like documentation and community. And so I tried to come in and bring in a modern framework with modern PHP, uh, which in Laravel 1 was very much uh, Sinatra-inspired more than Rails-inspired, and to, and fill that gap of having a great modern framework with really good documentation that's easy for people to use and rapidly build things. You mentioned Rails, and um, we had last week... Uh, Rob Aurelia, uh, Rob Aurelia, uh, his project's called Aurelia. Uh, Rob Eisenberg on the show. Rename it. Um, yeah, the Eisenberg effect, the if effect. you will. And he was talking about one of the things that he believes that came out of the, the Rails mindset, which is that um, you know quality frameworks um, maintain their quality and their usefulness when they're abstracted or extracted from production applications or built alongside production applications. 
Um, you know, Rails famously pulled out of Basecamp. Rob's last framework, Durandal, had a production application, I can't recall, that he built it alongside. Did you have that with Laravel from the beginning? Do you have it now? Uh, what's the situation with production apps? Yeah, I had it very early on into Laravel. Um, I didn't have it in the the very beginning for Laravel 1, but from Laravel um, 2 or 3 on, I did have a, a major application that Laravel was kind of extracted from, and, and modern Laravel really uh, looks a lot different than Laravel 1. But that app was uh, snappy. When I worked for a company called Userscape, we built a help desk application called Snappy. It's bsnappy.com. And that used Laravel and so many um, things were extracted into Laravel from what we needed with Snappy. The queue system uh, was kind of genericized and brought into Laravel, uh, all kinds of stuff. Even the migration system really was was inspired by our needs as a team at Userscape. So, and I've I've always been terrified of not having a real application I can develop Laravel out of. Just building Laravel in a vacuum is really terrifying to me because... I have no, I have no compass, so to speak, in terms of what what's real and what's just imagined needs, you know. And with Laravel five, since I work full time um, on Laravel now, I actually built like a whole new SaaS on Laravel five just so I could dog food it in that way and really see um, how the framework felt. And it identified a ton of like little, you know, it didn't bring out necessarily like big show-stopping bugs, but it identified like a lot of little paper cut bugs. Um, I like to call them where things that are just like annoying when you're building a real app and you see the edges of the framework. So it's, it's extremely helpful to have that kind of thing. And I imagine going forward, you know, over the next few years or whatever, the next version of Laravel is I'll build something entirely new just so I can dog food it if I have to. On the bakes on the, I'm looking over the docs too, by the way, love the docs that, uh, and I like your principle of, of uh, not releasing without good docs, and you can tell that's a, a grained-in principle for you. But um, looking over some of the basics, the foundations and services you have here, where's a good starting place for kind of covering some of these pieces? In terms of architecture, the the service providers are kind of foundational and how they tie into the IOC container. Um, it's That's a little bit deep of a concept or a little bit, you know, in the guts of the framework, but that's pretty foundational, I would say. What's uh, what's IOC? Uh, so Laravel is driven by uh, the IOC container, which is inversion of control container, dependency injection container. And it can automatically inject your class dependencies so that if you have a user controller and maybe you have some kind of user repository class that abstracts your all your database functions or, or methods you need to call, you can just type hint that user repository right on your controller's constructor and the, the container will inject it automatically for you. So you don't really have to wire up a bunch of dependencies manually. The um, Laravel's container can do all that sort of magically for you. Where was the inspiration for dependency injection? The dependency injection of Laravel is really modeled after um, Microsoft's Unity container and then Ninject from the .NET ecosystem. You know... Like I feel like the architecture can go a little overboard. I kind of agree with um, with some of the things DHH said recently in terms of architecture and kind of over-architecting things. But uh, so the container tries to, it doesn't kind of like dominate your life in Laravel, but it's a really helpful tool if you need to abstract some pieces out of your application and kind of separate layers of your application for unit testing or whatever. 
Gotcha. As a quick plug, I think we got DHH <laughs> coming up on an upcoming show. Is that right, Adam? I was wondering if we should mention that. I, I kind of hesitated to do so. But yeah, um, for those listening now, <laughs> we do have an awesome show planned with the, uh, DHH, uh, also known as, known as David Heimeyer Hansen. The show is going to be all about 10 plus years of rails. We hope that's a pretty awesome conversation. I know that I've got about a thousand things I want to ask him. I'm sure you're, you're the same, Jared. So, but yeah, he's always got something interesting to say, doesn't he? At tip to the future. That's February 20th. We're recording probably a week after that on the shipping. And yeah, he's always, he's always uh, full of good stuff. So, and now a word from our sponsor. TopTal is the best place to work as a freelance software developer. If you're freelancing right now as a software developer and you're looking for a way to work with top clients on projects that are interesting, challenging, and using the technologies you want to use, TopTal might just be the place for you. Working as a freelance software developer with TopTal, your days of searching for high-quality, long-term work and getting paid with your worth will be over. Let's face it, you're an awesome developer and you deserve to be compensated like one. Joining TopTal means that you have the opportunity to travel the world as an elite freelancer. On top of that, TopTal can help provide the software, hardware, and support you need to work effectively no matter where you are. Head to TopTal.com slash developers. That's T-O-P-T-A-L dot com slash developers to learn more and tell them the changelog sent you. So Taylor, any other specific features? So you have an ORM, you have routing, dependency injection, you have kind of a unique... Uh, at least internally unique view layer. Um, any other major features of Laravel? You got a command line uh, generators that you mm-hmm. that are you know big tentpole features that you definitely want people to know about before we move on to other topics. Uh, the queuing system is huge uh, in PHP frameworks. Nothing like that exists in any other framework. And basically, I really like it because it's super easy to use. So I can I can go to my command line and say make command purchase podcast, maybe some purchase podcast routine that I'm going to run. And then on that class, I can just say, should be queued. I can just mark it with an interface that reads very much like, you know, English, just uh-huh. should be queued. And then when I dispatch that command, it's automatically sent onto the queue. And um, my eloquent models uh, are serialized and deserialized gracefully. And everything is just super easy to use. And I find that's you really need that in most web applications you build nowadays. I, it feels like to me some kind of good queuing system. And Laravel's unique in that regard in PHP. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what about deployment, uh, build process, uh, JavaScript integration, stuff like that? Yeah, so we actually have a tool called Laravel Elixir, which is sort of a it's kind of sort of a fluent layer on top of Gulp, where um, we abstract out quite a bit of the hairiness of writing your own Gulp file. And so you can just say Elixir mix SAS and give it your SAS file or less or CoffeeScript or whatever. Mm. And it's, it's like super clean. I mean, even just like a 10 line file, I can do my SAS. I can have it automatically run my tests when I change my test files. And I can have it version my files so that the cache busts and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's really slick. But that's a, that's a new feature in Laravel 5 and kind of a kind of an add-on feature is that, that Gulp integration. Is there a reason why, uh, I guess, this is it just to maintain writing PHP versus going to JavaScript? Like, why didn't we use a PHP compiler, basically? Well, why didn't you just do it straight in Gulp? Like, a layer on top of it. Yeah, it is built on top of Gulp, and we found that PHP, the PHP community is 
um, gosh, it's hard to say it nicely, but we're just behind in some ways. And it's very hard to throw people right into Gulp, like for our a lot of our users. Uh-huh. And so this is kind of a nice way to get them into Gulp and get them kind of believing in themselves like, hey, I can use JavaScript build tools. Cool. And then they start digging into it more and they find out, oh, I can I can write my own Gulp task in this file and drop down into all the all the gulp goodies I want. It's kind of a good way to get their feet wet and get their feet in the door. Whereas they might not have, they might've felt overwhelmed or might've been scared to try something like that. Um, had they not had a softer, easier introduction to the whole, the whole scene. How easy is it to layer on like a front end framework? So I'm thinking like things like bootstrap or just various things that are out there that, uh, you know, integration with less or SAS and those pieces, how easy is it to put something I guess an interface on top of uh, you know a Laravel app. Uh, it, it's fairly easy, you know. It's pretty straightforward. A lot of people just use Bower or whatever to install whatever they okay. want. You know, we we haven't tried to get too opinionated with that out of the box. We don't really um, ship any any particular front end framework besides you know the Gulp tooling. But uh, yeah, it's pretty straightforward, like you would expect for any other any other web app, really. Do you have any like the asset pipeline, like there is in Rails and and whatnot. There are community asset pipelines that have been built that kind of mimic that functionality. For the for the Laravel core itself, we stuck with just the, the Gulp slash Elixir um, integration because it, it's a lot simpler to build, um, first of all. And then the asset pipeline, it was so opinionated and there were so many, um, you know, some people loved it and some people just absolutely loathed it. And so we were very hesitant to bring that in after seeing kind of some of the reaction from the Ruby community. So we took kind of the more conservative conservative approach with kind of a simple gulp file to help you get started with asset compilation. What about the you mentioned a, a template language earlier for the views? How how does that work? I know that in the Rails world you tend to have camps. There's somebody who keeps the ERB, someone who goes with Haml, someone that goes with something else. What what else is out there now, Jared, besides ERB and Haml? Uh Slim, maybe. Slim, okay. So what's it like when yeah. it, when you come into Laravel? So you can you can take your pick like that sort of most probably ninety nine percent of people are just sticking with Blade the default engine, but other people have write wrote engines for um you know PHP has Haml parsers as well and uh, there's another parser called Twig which I think is based off some kind of Python uh, templating language Jenga maybe, so you can swap them out and there are packages to do that. Um, I don't really do it. I think most people probably stick with kind of the default stuff. There, there's kind of not a really um, Templating languages in general are not very well received in PHP. Interesting, uh, it's kind of interesting in that way. A lot of people just like to use plain PHP, then will like fight over that. Like PHP is a templating language. Why would I need any other templating language? Um, so, but yeah, kind of an interesting argument in PHP. Hmm. So you kind of have two sides. You got you know pulling in assets, and then you have the the people who want to have a separate front end app all together with our right. our JavaScript frameworks. So. In that case, how does Laravel play if you just want to have uh, an API backend? Laravel is really awesome. That's one of the best use cases for Laravel, I feel like, because it's so easy to convert the eloquent models into JSON that setting up a JSON backend is just 
uh, it's really just pretty painless in, in Laravel. And other other frameworks and ORMs and PHP are not like that at all. It's very difficult to convert um, something like doctrine entities into JSON. It's, it's just not as straightforward. So I, I use Laravel for that a lot, actually, because I do quite a bit of Angular in my own projects, and Forge is a heavy um, Angular project. And most of the Laravel app, I would say, is just serving up JSON, and it's it's really great for that because the ORM suits it really well. And that was kind of that was intentional, you know. Even a few years ago, it was very obvious that these JSON backends were going to be extremely popular, mm-hmm. and maybe even more popular than you know your typical template uh, backend templating system. So we always have tried to make the API building super easy. Right, uh, right about now is probably a good time to mention, uh, I guess, Laracast by by way of talking about Composer. I was pretty excited to stumble upon the fundamentals for Laravel 5 being completely free. So big shout out there to Laracast. But uh, Composer is a dependency manager for PHP. Uh, again, Jared and I aren't PHP developers, but kind of walk us through that. We're, we're norms to, say, Bundler, for example, in the Ruby world. Um, how does this play into Laravel? Yeah, Composer feels um, it's a lot like Bundler. It's a lot like NPM, if you're familiar with okay, that, uh-huh. in Node. So you d- you would just have like a require block, uh, just like you really do in NPM, and you list out your PHP packages that you want it to pull in. And instead of pulling into Node modules, it, it would pull it into a folder called Vendor, and all the PHP code would be in there and, and all that jazz. So it works very similar to that, but that was huge for PHP. That's probably one of the biggest PHP developments really over the last five or six years was getting something that would let us easily distribute code in package form because we we did not have a very clean way to do that before before that and that kind of churned uh, the whole ecosystem and kind of revitalized people into writing and sharing open source PHP code. All the packages are shared at packageagist.org. Right. Um so that's you know if you go to getcomposer.org you got browser pa- or sorry browse packages so since you mentioned NPM, it sort of makes you, and throwing no stones here, of course, but just like you said, speaking plainly here in some cases, but kind of makes you really have some respect for what NPM's done for the just dependency management uh, of packages because the front end to NPM in comparison to this is sort of night and day. Yeah, for sure. Well, maybe we should talk about a little bit more about your community and more about how you're making a living, man? Because you're you're full time yes, now. That's true. Yeah, full time. You, you keep you do keep saying we, which I like. Yes. You obviously are not <laughs> you're not the you're not the only committer on this project. I I hope. Um, seems like it's you got a nice community going. So tell us uh, who all is involved besides just yourself, and then follow up with that on how you're actually going to make a living ongoing. Okay, so the Laravel in terms of the code base, I make most of the commits on the code base. However, there is sort of an inner circle of Laravel community members like Jeffrey Way, uh, people that I have worked with in the past, um, a guy named Dale Reese in England. And all these people, we kind of collaborate on uh, Laravel ideas. And then, of course, we have tons of community members on GitHub issues and pull requests, commenting and giving their feedback in our IRC channels and so forth. So uh, even though I write uh, the majority of the code, a lot of the features are discussed and kind of ironed out beforehand by the community or, um, you know, in IRC or whatever. In terms of, um, you know, making a living, you know, I didn't want to charge, have some kind of premium Laravel, right? That would, that would feel kind of weird and I don't think would be well received. So, what I did was come up with this idea called Laravel Forge where 
Uh, it's sort of like a poor man's Heroku in a way where it links to your digital ocean or your Linode account and it provisions the whole server with PHP and Nginx and uh, Memcached and Redis and, and everything you would need really to build a nice PHP app. And then it has deployment tools where you get kind of the Heroku style push to deploy when you push your Git repository. You can add environment variables and even set up SSL and, and subdomains and all that jazz you can do through Forge. And that's that's $10 a month for the basic plan. So it's it's really affordable because DigitalOcean's servers are, of course, pretty affordable. It's like uh, 20 bucks a month for a 2 gig RAM instance and then 10 bucks a month for Forge and you're really got everything you need to get started. So that's been really well received. And PHP really didn't have anything like that because uh, PHP support on Heroku is, of course, not as uh, fleshed out, I would say, as the Ruby support, the default Ruby support. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of this, though. You also have uh, one layer above that, too. So you have a $10 plan and a plus plan, if I recall correctly, wasn't it? Yeah, the plus plan lets you share servers with teammates okay. so that you can, you know, share across accounts. That's more of like a, a business feature. Um, yeah, so it's a really nice setup. And then we also came out with this thing at the same time called Laravel Homestead, which is free. And that's a vagrant virtual machine yes. that that basically mirrors the Forge environment so that you can have um, your your local environment very much mirroring your production environment in terms of software and all that. Mm. And that, the goal behind that is really to make the whole development experience really great from beginning to end, or what I say from download to deploy. So we want your local development experience to be really good with Laravel Homestead, and you don't have to muck around with your your uh, you know your OS ten or whatever installing crap uh, through Brew. It's a good way to say it, installing crap. <laughs> yeah. It's just a mess. All that stuff Doing that way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so if your homestead gets all jacked up, you just delete it and, and reprovision the whole thing. It takes, you know, just a couple couple minutes. And so then, you know, you've got the, the download part, the homestead, the local development, all the during your development, you've got all the documentation, Laracast, and then when you're ready to deploy, you've got Laravel Forge. So kind of that whole story is fleshed out from beginning to end in terms of how you're going to build and, and launch your PHP application using Laravel. So did you have this out and we're making money uh, prior to January? Or are you hoping this takes off? Uh, is, are, is, this gonna, is this already supporting you? Yeah, this is already supporting me. So awesome. I, launched Forge, I launched Forge in May. And I, I, I worked um, for Userscape for the rest of uh, 2014, basically. And Forge was out there and making money and, and really had um, could have supported me a lot earlier I just hadn't gone uh, full-time yet. I actually went part-time at Userscape in August. So a couple months after Forge came out, I only worked every other week for Userscape. And then in between weeks, I worked on Laravel. Nice. And you decided to make the the full-time jump. How have you you reacted to that decision here? I guess you're only about a month in. Yeah, I, I love it so far. I mean, it's just insane how much more I can get done on the framework. I mean, even back when I, before I was full-time, even just like a full day to work on the framework because my boss uh, gave me um, every Friday to work on Laravel. And that was huge back then, just to have one full day to work on open source. It was just insane the amount of pull requests and issues you could go through. So to have five days a week of that is you know pretty unbelievable. I'm really thankful for it. And it's allowed... You know, it's going to ensure a bright future for the framework, I think, having someone that that can devote this much time to it every week. And now a word from our sponsor. Clearbit is a new company that builds business intelligence APIs. 
friend of the show and past guest on the show, Alex McCall. If you want to go back and listen to that show, it's episode 71, by the way. He runs Clearbit, and they offer a collection of powerful APIs designed to help your business grow. Specifically, they have one API that takes an email address and returns related social information, such as the person's name, title, social accounts like Twitter and Facebook. They also provide an API that looks up company information via a domain name. They return attributes like company name, location, category, headcount. Now, there's lots of use cases for both these APIs, but they're especially awesome for finding out more information about your customers and their companies. For example, Clearbit has an alert triggered whenever a high-profile customer signs up, and their metric for someone that might be high-profile for them is a startup that has recently raised money. If you want to learn more about the powerful APIs they offer, head to clearbit.com and tell them the changelog sent you. Can you talk uh, a bit about your choice of Vagrant and Homestead and, I guess, the... I mean, you already said the crap part of that, but, you know, some use MAMP. I guess, can you talk about the the idea of Vagrant, I guess, in this scenario? Because it's not a norm for PHP developers to, to use this. Yeah, I can see at it's least. A, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it hasn't been in the past. I think it's starting to grow now that people are sort of seeing uh, what it can do. Um, of course, so there's, there's multiple aspects. Um, it's difficult to configure set up PHP and Nginx and MySQL, especially like on Windows, I would say. Um, it was more difficult to get all that set up and then uh, including like Memcache and Redis uh, or like a queuing system on Windows would be even probably more challenging to set up. And then, of course, on the Mac side, it was just, for me, it was always like it made me nervous to install a bunch of that stuff because what if I mess it up? Will I have a good way to right. reverse it? Or like if my system's screwed and I just like throw my Mac away and get a whole new Mac or... Uh, you know, just all those fears you have of kind of mucking around in the the internals of your system and installing that kind of software. So w- once I tried out Vagrant, I hated it at first because I felt like it was kind of like slow and I had to provision the whole box every time. And so like every time I destroyed the box, I had to like reinstall, wait for it to install PHP, Nginx, MySQL, and it took quite a while, like 10 minutes. And so I hated it at first, but then I saw that you could kind of pr- you could kind of build your box and then store it off and people could use that as a starting point. And so that's kind of what gave me the idea for Homestead, where when you when it comes down, it's already got PHP and, and Postgres and Redis and all that. And then you can install anything else you want on top. But that makes the the provisioning process, you know, like 10 seconds instead of 10 minutes. And so, uh, and then also, you know, like I said, just the ability to totally destroy that box and, and play with it, install whatever you want. You know, you install Elasticsearch maybe, or you install all kinds of node stuff and you can do whatever you want. And if something gets totally screwed up, who cares? I can just delete the whole box and, and have a fresh one in 10 seconds. So I don't have to worry about messing up my, my Mac. I like the idea of a vagrant here. I know I've been using that for any WordPress sites I still maintain, which the change log is on, on WordPress right now. So we spin up, I think it's uh, a shout out to vagrant press, I believe is what I use it pretty much mirrors our DigitalOcean instance and, and we're good to go on that, on that front. And I like that a lot. So it's a, it's a good process. Whereas normally, you know, you're used to, to either using MAMP or something that's, you know, gives you less ability to fine tune like you've done with the box and having an actually named thing like Homestead. So mm-hmm. um, we did kind of get off track there with, uh, with that question there about the, the money topic there, I guess, and, and forge. So maybe it makes sense uh, to swing back there and talk about f- 
future plans for Forge. I know that prior to the call in the members only Slack room, so a shout out to that as well. A lot of shout outs today. You know, we we just launched the members only Slack room. So if you're a member of the change, like if you're a supporting member, then uh, check your inbox. You got an invite, and if you don't, then email us. And we'll get you in. But before that, Taylor, I asked you about an unofficial Forge uh, CLI, and you hinted at some secrecy. So is, is there anything you could share at all? Well, I'd like to get a Forge API out, you know, which would enable the community to do a lot more than they can in terms of building cool little tools like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are people that have expressed interest in writing, you know, desktop apps for Forge where you can drag a folder onto your Forge app and it launches a server and deploys the app and all that. Um, if I had a, if I can get a good API out, um, of course, that would enable a lot of that stuff. And then, um, as I mentioned before, you know, when I wrote Laravel 5, I actually built a whole new SaaS, which I've actually got, you know, sitting on my computer and in, in, in a private repo on GitHub that uh, complements Forge, I would say, in a way, and, and it's kind of re- in, on a related field in terms of application deployment and, and launching and all that. So I'm going to polish that up in the next few months and hopefully get it out there soon. I think that'll be another cool product that people can use with their Laravel apps and even just generally PHP apps. While we're on the notion of Forge, how much of a linchpin is it to the developers using Laravel to, to use Forge? It's It saves you so much time. It really does. Um, you know, a lot of people in the PHP world over the past few years have been really locked into shared hosting. And that's because they don't feel comfortable configuring their own server. And there was nothing like um, a Heroku for so long uh, for PHP that people just bought, you know, this $5 a month shared hosting. And that had, that had a lot of downsides. Like sometimes you might not even have terminal access to that host, or sometimes they don't have uh, Redis and you really want to use Redis for this app because you like some of its features. And so people have been really stuck in terms of what they could do with their PHP apps. So to have something that's basically just as easy as shared hosting and is, you know, minimally more expensive than shared hosting, but that gives you so much more that you can do in terms of even what kind of database systems you can use uh, with Postgres and and then Memcached and Beanstalk queues and all that. Uh, it just, you know, I feel like it's opened the door for a lot of people to do things that they, they wouldn't have felt comfortable doing. And that's kind of what we're all about um, for Laravel, at least, is how can we help people turn their dreams into reality? And how can we remove roadblocks from people's development experience? So whether that's Gulp with Elixir or deployment with Forge or server configuration or local development with Homestead, how can we get these roadblocks out of the way so that you have a great experience turning this app ID you have into reality and, you know, making money and supporting your family and all that good stuff. So that's kind of our our overarching goal. So you mentioned a future SaaS product to sort of complement Forge. Any anything else you could share? Think yeah, of like um, uh, you know what's on the horizon, what's super secret, what's something you can share today that's enough but doesn't put you to timelines or you know yeah, we don't want you to so expose too much, but whatever you can. One issue with Forge um, is that I can't deploy something like Forge with Forge because Forge has um, very simple deployment facilities and that it's kind of locked to one server. It's very limited in terms of what it can do. You know, when you push when you push to GitHub, it can run a bash script on your one Forge server, but that's pretty much it. Um, so I'd like to see something where, well, how can I deploy something like Forge with a product that's as easy as Forge to use? So um, I think there's a pretty good use case there, and I think it's going to be, I'm really interested to get it out there, but it's going to be, 
yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a great way to deploy PHP, I feel like. Just looking at your Forge page here, I've also been looking at your Laravel page and your <laughs> Laracon page, and I'm just thinking, these are all really nice designs yeah. just on top of it all. And then I'm thinking, and you also run this, you know, this cloud, I mean, it's not your infrastructure, but right. you have sys, you have sysadmin skills, it appears. Like, do you do all your own designs as well? I don't do the designs. Okay. The you know, I have I've kind of developed a, a circle of friends. You know, <laughs> but, I was going to get mad at you for a second. I was like, man, this guy can do it all. Yeah, I don't do the designs. I did the Forge, um, the internal app design of Forge. I did do, but that's not much more than basic uh, bootstrap customization. Mm-hmm. Uh, the front page of Laravel, uh, a guy named Jack McDay did, who actually makes a PHP CMS called Statamic, uh, which is a flat file CMS, and he helped me out with that. How about Laracon? Because your Laracon site has a really cool uh, SVG animation, at least on desktop, as you hit the yeah. Laracon US logo. Um, so the Lar- the Laracon stuff is actually done by a group in uh, Amsterdam. I, I partner with a guy named Sean McCool. Um, to He does the Laracon EU chapter, the European Laracon, and I kind of manage the U.S. Uh, conference. And so we kind of went in together this year on the branding and the design and split the cost of that so that we could have kind of a unified appearance across both conferences. Mm. And so, yeah, we used a firm in Amsterdam to do a lot of that branding. I like it. That's It's very hot. Anytime I see an SVG animate, I'm just like, oh, it's awesome. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so I guess getting back to some of the supporting things, is this supporting you as well? Is this profitable, I guess? Yeah, Laracon does usually generate a little profit. I, I couldn't live just on Laracon. Like if Forge collapsed, I couldn't keep going just on Laracon. But uh, yeah, it turns a little profit and it's nice. It is quite a bit of work, of course, to to have a conference and get the speakers. And, you know, you really want to provide a... Um, you know, obviously you want to provide a great experience for people that come to these conferences and there's so many things that could go wrong at a conference. So it is quite a bit of work and and stress, but yeah, it really goes well and everyone seems to have a great time the past few years. So I'm looking forward to it. You had mentioned, well, I guess Jared mentioned earlier that you keep saying we, and this might be a good time to give a shout out to some people that have helped you this past four years get to where you're at now. So beyond you, who else is in the Laravel community making sure you don't go crazy? Yeah, I mean, the first person that comes to mind would be Jeffrey Way, which, I mean, a lot of Laravel's success, I think, has to be credited to him. And and he runs Laracast, of course. And, I mean, this guy has hundreds of videos on how to how to do modern php and how to do laravel and even really other stuff too like how to do gulp and uh, some javascript stuff so uh, i mean without that resource laravel i think would not be as far along as it is so he's definitely the first person that comes to mind to think um and then of course uh you know my overseas friends with sean who, who have kind of maintain that community over there and been leaders in Europe in terms of organizing community events and conferences. And there are just so many user groups all around the world. Um, like I just saw, um, you know, the London Laravel meetup has like 50 people every time they meet up. And that, that's a really nice meetup really from, you know, kind of a young PHP framework. So there's so many people in the community, anyone that writes these blogs or organizes these meetups, I feel like is contributing because they're, they're building a more open and diverse and inclusive community all around the world. So that'd be a good chance for us to give a shout out to listener Justin Page, who is handle is KLVTZ on GitHub. He uh, first pinged us for a Laravel show 
all the way back in April 23rd. So Justin, thanks for the idea. Thanks for your patience. I know it's been a while since April, but here it is. Uh, at the time, he had mentioned uh, yourself, Taylor, as well as Jeffrey Way. He also mentioned perhaps a good guest would be a guy named Dale Reese. He appears to be at least an, an enthusiast. Has he been involved? Yeah. Dale was super um, super popular with Laravel 4 because of his um, his Codebright book. He wrote a really popular Laravel book. It's actually the, the top grossing book on LeanPub out of all books wow. on LeanPub. So um, it was a very popular book. And he actually, because of you know his work in Laravel, got hired on to what I believe is the fastest growing startup in the in the UK, which is um, just park or park at my house, which is kind of like uh, Airbnb for parking, where people that have an extra parking spot can can basically rent out their parking spot for for any period of time. Okay. And that's a, I mean it's huge. Like a, I saw um, I think it was Mini was even building like integration for this thing into their cars. Wow. Over there. So yeah, it's it's a pretty big deal. That reminds me of something that used to happen around Omaha. Uh, we have the College World Series comes here every June, which is kind of one of our bigger events. And it used to be in the, this ballpark that was down by these old small neighborhoods with small houses with large kind of gravel driveways and no parking at all. And uh, there was a huge, huge boon around temporarily selling your driveway out um, for parking spots for the two weeks of the, of the College World Series. And yeah. uh, then they moved the stadium kind of in downtown and that whole neighborhood was very, very upset about that. But cool <laughs> idea. I can see why it definitely take off in crowded areas. Just park. I like Just that. Park. Yeah. So he's the CTO of Just Park. So he is not as um, involved. I think he, he would love to be more involved with Laravel 5's release. But, you know, he is, you know, he's pretty busy these days um, managing the tech side of that startup. Awesome, man. Well, great stuff. This sounds like a huge success, and uh, we're excited to see where you take it from here. We do have a few closing questions that uh, we generally ask, and so I guess we'll go to those now. Uh, the first one is, who is your programming hero? Uh, lately, it's been, uh, I would say, DHH, the the Rails guy, um, mainly because I think he's really good at, at seeing through a lot of BS um, from the programming community and kind of calling things how he sees it. And keeping things very practical and easy to use because, I mean, I always, I've laughed at, um, you know, I, I, one of his keynotes, he said, basically, is the code cleaner, easier to read? If not, then, you know, who gives a shit about anything else? And, uh, you know, that's something I keep in mind a lot with Laravel in terms of keeping things very nice and expressive and easy to get into. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, next one. What would be a call to arms or something that you would say directly to the open source community, how they could get involved, what they can do with regards to Laravel? One of the most valuable things just anyone can do with Laravel is if you learn something cool with Laravel or learn something about the framework, share it or blog it or make um, a post or, or share it at a user group or even start a user group if there's not one near you because the more of that kind of stuff that's in the community, it makes it even easier for other people to get involved. So the more we're all sharing our knowledge and sharing the way we do things with Laravel, it just makes the ecosystem that much bigger and that much brighter and helps bring in even more people. So definitely share what you've learned, uh, speak at conferences, speak at user groups, start user groups, that kind of thing. Awesome. Last question. This one's kind of more personal about you, Taylor. Um, if you are not doing what you're doing now, which is you know coding Laravel and running Forge, making a living with your code, 
what would you be doing instead? Hmm. I've, uh, you know, I've always kind of been interested in like being like a really high end car detailer, like detailing like Ferraris and stuff. Um, and I was really into that in college. Um, so I would probably do something like really basic like that with my hands because sometimes I feel like, you know, I'm in the code so much and in these abstract things, like sometimes just like mowing grass yeah. or like detailing a car seems really appealing. So I'd probably do something uh, simple like that, some kind of simple work. That is a first for us, for sure. I can that resonates <laughs> that resonates with me though because I I've told my wife many times that when I retire or something, I just want to be like a mailman, yeah. so I can just like drive around and enjoy the weather and listen to podcasts all day. Or <laughs> I said I'd yeah. even be a garbage man, which that would sucks at certain points, but professional something simple, right. you know. When I was in college, I had a job uh, one summer mowing soccer fields. And it was honestly like one of the best jobs I've ever had. It was amazing. Those are always fun, right? <laughs> that's that's cool, though. I never, um, I mean, I can I can relate, obviously, but just didn't expect you to say that uh, detail cars. But I guess yeah. if it's a Ferrari, yeah, it's a, you know, a lot more elegant, right? Yeah, exactly. Would yeah. it be your Ferrari is the thing? I hope so. That would be awesome. I, just, I just clean my car all day. <laughs> I clean my Ferrari. That's what I do. That's what I do for work. All right. Well, Taylor, you know, it has been a while. Get you on the show. Definitely excited about what you're doing here. I think yeah, I don't code PHP, but, you know, I knew that we needed to get you on here because we'd heard so much about what you're doing with Laravel. And then you mentioned Jeffrey and the rest of the community and, you know, and obviously, uh, since April of last year, we were getting uh, mentioned to, to have you on the show and, and get talking about this. And I'm just glad we can finally do that. Um, you mentioned DigitalOcean. Uh, they are a sponsor of this show. But on that note, I do want to kind of tag some sponsors before we close out here. We got CodeChip, TopTal, and ClearBit uh, sponsoring this show today. So with that, fellas, let's let's say goodbye. All right. Thanks for having me. Yeah.